Everybody, welcome to the show. You know where you are, the nine at nine with me, Tigo. And you know it's a special VIP day, and it's a really super special VIP day because we're gonna talk about rentals, we're gonna talk about vacations. Hmm, what do those two things have in common? And we're talking to my sis, Jennifer Hammond. So sit right there, we'll be right back. You heard me right. Welcome back. We're going to talk about vacations. What the heck does that have to do with real estate? And what do we do about it? Because it's the middle of the summer. Hmm. Sounds like the perfect match and the perfect question to ask my sis. Jennifer Hammond, are you out there? Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, see, I love that background because that's exactly what I want to talk about. It's summer. People want to get out and they're sick of hotel spaces. They're renting short-term rentals. What does that mean to the real estate market? And should you be looking at short-term rentals as a business or an investment? Absolutely. You are very wise. You should definitely be looking at, as far as as a real estate investor, you want to look at things that are cash cows, meaning that it'll just give you a surplus of money. And one thing that is really interesting, if you look at the same property, you could rent it long-term and you might make, maybe you make uh, $2,000 a month, but mm-hmm. as a short-term rental, you can do five times that amount of money. Sometimes Ooh. it's double the amount, but you just think about mm-hmm. that, the same property. <gasps> that's amazing. So number one, it's a cash cow if you do it. And again, the thing that's really fun, let's, let's, just, let's just explore this. Now, I obviously have a fun setting right now, but if you go to Airbnb, which is just one of many of the marketing companies that market short-term rentals, and you look, so say, for instance, you're looking for lakefront. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I'd rather have a beachfront. Oh, no, no, I would like my own island. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, I'd rather go to a national park. <laughs> there are all these national parks. Or if you want a tiny home, you've always wanted to see what it would be like to live in a tiny home. Oh my gosh, that's super fun. Or you have one that you just want something with an amazing view or an amazing architectural design. Or they actually have a category, which is hilarious. It has a little spaceship and it's called OMG, explanation point. (laughs) And it's all of these hilarious houses, like, oh, say a tree house. Um, a, a house that looks like a boat, like an old ship, um, roundhouses, old like trains that have been turned into a short-term rental. So, or if you have a boat, you've always wanted to go ahead and you could rent your boat. And one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this is, think about this. I also know people who have, maybe they have an old, you know, in-law suite out back of their house and they're just okay. not using it. They can right. use that. 
for a short-term rental. In wow. Florida, we have a lot of people who have an RV that just kind of hangs out in their park, in their parked in their backyard, and they rent that out. Wow. Is there a so limit? Is there a rule or something that says how often you can rent your short-term yes. rental? Okay. So now, so then, okay, so let's get into a little bit of the legality. So number one, okay. you have to stretch your imagination of what a short-term rental can be, because it could be a boat, it could be a trailer, it could be a tree house, it could be a full house, it could be all sorts of things. But number two, there are a bunch of laws. So you need to understand the laws where you are. So let me give you an example. In uh, New York City, the hotel, similar, you remember the Uber versus taxis. Hotels mm -hmm. do not like Airbnbs and short-term rentals. So they've made a lot of regulations against it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't still happen. But like, for instance, in Florida, they love short-term rentals. But again, the hotels have done a lot to prevent um, daily. So they may only allow in your area, like in different waterfront areas, you may be only allowed to do weekly or you may only be allowed to do it um, once for a month. Um, or you're allowed to do it and it's only allowed like three days minimum. So you have to understand what's allowed, but also not only what is allowed, but number two, you have to be very um, knowledgeable about what do you owe your, your uh, taxes? Because you might owe a hotel tax. There might be um, another tax that, that again, all of the governments love to tax real estate. So they're going to tax yeah. the short-term rentals. For sure. So, and they're going to tax it higher than it was if it was a long-term rental. So what are you doing to really understand that part of it? And make sure that you are really understand there's a big difference between a short-term rental versus a long-term rental in that you don't have a tenant, you have a guest. And so it's very different. Of course, sometimes, and I'm going to say because it's different, like if you go to the Eastern shore in Maryland or at Ocean City, um, in those areas, it's very common for you to bring your own linens, meaning you're bringing your own towels, your own sheets. And then other places, like if you go down to the Caribbean and you're renting someone's house, you're not bringing the sheets or the towels or that stuff. But these right. are very attractive. You know, think about it. If you go down to an island, it's so nice to have a washer and dryer. And if you want to wash your towels or wash your clothes, you know, because you've been out in the ocean, you've been running around being all salty and you want to be <laughs> able to have that, that opportunity yeah. to get clean and have your washer and dryer and have a kitchen so that you don't have to go out to eat every single meal. Or if you have people who have special diets, they love short-term rentals in a house or a building rather than being stuck in a hotel. There are a lot right. of limitations. Because they can, they can cook what they want, have food delivered the way they want. That kind of a thing. But what about like safety and insurance? Like as if I own a short-term rental, I'm using it as a short-term rental and the Smith family, you know, rents it for the weekend or the week here in Las Vegas and they trip in the driveway or they trip in the kitchen. Do I have to carry special insurance you because do. now I'm using this home as a short-term rental? Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest mistakes. We should do a whole thing on the mistakes of short-term rentals. One of the biggest okay. ones is people renting out part of their home, but not changing their insurance and then having a problem. So I want to show you, I want to give you an example. Uh, this is when you're going to be like, what? So I had a short-term rental in Arlington, Virginia. And okay. I was, as you know, I travel a lot. So I'm traveling and all of a sudden I get a call from a police detective. And I was like, 
Who is, is this my brother punking me? This can't be true. A police detective calling me. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't have that exciting of a life. I was like, I, the police detective, there's nobody, there's no police detective calling me. But he called me like three times and I thought, okay, I got to call him back. This is just, because he, of course he would never say anything more than he was a police detective for Arlington right. County, Virginia. Again, my brother punks me a lot. So I thought it had to be a joke. <laughs> You know, I didn't think this was real. Sure enough, it's real. It's my short-term rentals who wise little, you know, 20-something-year-old children Uh um, mailed a bunch of illegal drugs to my house. What the? So the federal government, (laughs) I guess, in whatever they're screening, figured out what had happened. And, of course, I'm the owner of record. So they came in and they they actually did, guess what, do a little damage as they ripped out a couple walls looking for hidden drugs. Um, Because the guys put it behind vents and all sorts of stuff. So, um, and guess what? If you don't have the right insurance, they don't cover it. But two, whoever thought I would, that would be a problem. So yes, you need to know all the ins and outs, not only of what you can and cannot do in your area legally, you know, so you don't get in trouble with the laws that way. But also so that if you have a police detective calling, you also realize that you are need to be responsible for whatever damage. And that, of course the police are like, well, not our fault. We had to rip out walls because you have illegal people in your house. <laughs> wow. Now what if you're, if you're buying a house or a condo or a townhouse and with the full intention of this, just being a business, it's just going to be a short-term rental. You live in a tourist area like Florida or Las Vegas or LA or something. And this is what you're going to do. Do you have to disclose that to the mortgage? People in the yes. that this is so a special rate. You you definitely need to do it because it's a difference between when you live in it yourself versus an investment property, but also with as a short-term rental, it needs to be disclosed. But even more so, you also mentioned one other thing. You talked about a condo or an HOA. So there are like city and county and state. So there's those three different government regulations. But then if you have a homeowners association or a condo, you need to know whether they will tolerate. Um, those kind of short-term rentals. Because again, you can be kicked out. You can have all sorts of things. So there's the mortgage, there's the state, um, local, those laws. But you also need to make sure that if you have an HOA or any kind of condo, that you're following those rules because they can tell you no as well. So the long story is short-term rentals are cash cows. The short story is you got to make sure the cow is legal in your area. Exactly. Well done. That's a perfect summary. I love it. How do they get in touch with you? Where do they find you, my friend? So, you know, you can find me on social media, Jennifer J. Hammond. Of course, I'm a podcaster. I'm Jennifer J. Hammond. And, you know, I just always show up here every month with Tigo. Yay! You are definitely our resident real estate expert. And I love it. You're also my baby sis. And I love that too. You are the absolute best. I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about next month. And I'm jealous of the picture behind you because now I want to go on vacation. You should, you should. And maybe we do the next interview in Florida. I don't know. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yay! <laughs> the yay lady. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Yep. Short-term rentals are definitely a cash cow. But like I said, you need to find out if that cow is even legal to be in your area and make sure that you get all your ducks in a row. Okay. Enough about animals. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll come back next time. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you 
next time. Go to Tigo Direct to find out more about Jennifer Hammond. All right, talk to you next time. Bye-bye.